But credit where credit is due that Melissa wrote that question. I just happened to read it. <laughs>Hi, and welcome to On and Off, our podcast covering the on-premise and off-premise beverage alcohol industry. I'm Melissa Dowling, editor of Cheers. And I'm Kyle Swartz, editor of Beverage Dynamics Magazine. Today, we're going to be talking about sustainable wines, and we have a special guest joining us. Allison Jordan is executive director of the California Sustainable Wine Growing Alliance. That's right. That's right. The CSWA introduced the Certified California Sustainable Wine Growing Certification back in 2010, I believe, and it's now one of the top accreditation for sustainably produced wine in the country. So welcome, Allison, and thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much. It's great to be with you, Kyle and Melissa. Absolutely. Uh, Now, most people would probably recognize that sustainable farming is a good thing, you know, for the planet and uh, also just our overall health. Um, Is there, uh, what would you say is the importance or urgency when it comes to sustainability and growing grapes for wine? Well, importantly for consumers, it's really about having this fantastic product, (laughs) um, California wine made with high quality grapes and wines and at the same time for vintners and growers to be able to protect the environment, to be a good neighbor and employer, and also importantly to maintain a thriving long-term business that's generational. And so really, you could definitely think of this as being, as you said, good for the environment, also good for the people, the community, the employees, um, and then also good for grapes and wine, of course. So I think a lot of consumers, you know, probably like Kyle, get confused between sustainably grown, organic, biodynamic, and even... I'm not sure what you're trying to say here, Melissa. Why why me in particular? Why am I getting confused? Um, You know, clean wines, whatever that is. So just to kind of narrow it down a little bit, what's the main difference between sustainably grown and organic, for instance? So I would say one important note is that they are not mutually exclusive. I find that many of the wine growers who are embracing either or both approaches, you know, really at at the heart of it are concerned about protecting natural resources and wanting to do the right thing. And there are many that will be certified sustainable, but also use organic practices and vice versa. Um, I think the easiest way to think about it are um, that Organic tends to be deeper in some areas like soil health and integrated pest management. Um, There are certain materials that cannot be applied in the the vineyard, basically only uh, materials that are approved by the National Organic Program can be applied. And then for sustainable, they also cover integrated pest management and soil health, but they also have that much more comprehensive set of practices, things like water and energy conservation, um, air and water quality, wildlife habitat protection. So there's this much broader set of issues, all of the things that you purchase and bring into your vineyard or winery so that sustainably um, purchase 
purchasing that you're doing is really important. And then of course, the social aspects of sustainability are I think one of the biggest differences where it really does focus on social equity, employee health and safety, your role in the community, both how the community impacts businesses, but also of course, how vineyards and wineries impact their broader community and can be part of that important quality of life. So in, in short, I would say that it's just that um, organic is a bit more narrowly focused and sustainability has that much more comprehensive set of practices. Thank you. Yeah, no, like, like Melissa said, I'm sure there's plenty of people who are confused by that. In fact, when I was describing this podcast to my wife just moments ago before we hopped on, she asked the exact same question. I, I always like to ask one question for my wife every podcast and you, you beat me to it. I, I explained it to her and I said, you get one question. Um, you, you brought up something as you were talking um, both now and before, and I wrote down a note. I want to talk to you a little bit more about uh, what sustainability and organic means for employees and from a social standpoint. Can you tell me a little bit about more about the human element of this? Sure. Um, I think it's really thinking about starting with employees, making sure that they have a safe and healthy work environment. So I'm really thinking about all of your practices, all the way from hiring and then also, of course, um, retaining employees and making sure that they um, really have that quality of the work environment. And so that we, we, in our sustainability program, have requirements around um, training. So basically making sure that you're providing that health and safety training. Some of it's required. We're in California where there are already very stringent um, labor and, and health and safety requirements. So that's sort of a starting point. And you can think of sustainability as going above and beyond compliance. There are definitely more and more wineries that are thinking about how can we bring employees in to be part of our sustainability efforts. They're in the front lines. They know the best ways to conserve water while maintaining the quality of the wine and all of those types of issues. So really engaging employees in that effort. And then when you think about the broader community, you can think about you know being involved with philanthropy and voluntary efforts and out education and housing and some of these really important issues for the industry that ultimately help create those vibrant businesses that can thrive for generations to come. Absolutely. Uh, what, what exactly, I want to talk about the certifi uh, certification here. What exactly does a CCSW certification mean for wine when somebody sees that on a bottle? So for wine, um, it really is ultimately about the vineyard and the winery and the practices that they're using. So we have a requirement for um, using the California Code of Sustainable Wine Growing covers 200 best management practices for both vineyards and wineries. And they actually have to be using certain practices. So they're implementing 60 prerequisites on the vineyard side, 41 prerequisites are basically required practices for wineries. They're meeting an overall score threshold. Um, so we sort of have a scoring system so they have to be above a certain level. They have to be responsibly managing vineyard pests and disease. So going back to sort of those similarities in a way between organic and sustainable, making sure that you have an IPM approach that minimizes risks both to people and to the environment. Um, but we also do have some prohibitions or restrictions on cer certain crop protection materials. Um, and then we also have a requirement that they're measuring to manage water, energy, applied nitrogen, greenhouse gas emissions, and of course, they have to be continuously improving. That's a really important piece of sustainability as you get in where you are, but you're always striving for continuous improvement. 
And then for the wine itself, as you mentioned, um, we have this requirement that both the winery is certified California sustainable wine growing and that 85% or more of the wine grapes are produced in a certified sustainable vineyard. And that can be to our program. And there's also some other great California programs like Lodi Rules and SIP certified that they could use as well. 100% of the grapes have to come from California. So basically if you see that logo on a wine label, it means that both the winery and the wine grapes are produced in a sustainable way. And when I interviewed you for the uh, sustainability um, part of our uh, magazine, I believe that was in our Jan Feb issue, uh, you also talked about the fact that although the certification was launched in 2010, the program actually started in 2001. And so you took some time building it up. Uh, so can you tell me a little bit about that process of building up the certification? why it took nine years and why this, you know, people, when they see your label on a wine, know that they can trust what it means. Sure. So our program first started back in the early 2000s, actually as an educational program, very purposefully, not wanting it to be about marketing, wanting it to be about walking the walk. And so for the first eight or so years, we were just focused on outreach and education. And that's still very much a part of the California Sustainable Wine Growing Alliance's mission. So we provide all kinds of tools and resources and workshops and um, ways that growers can really look at how they can be doing things better. What are the what are the cost share opportunities available? Whether it's incentives for alternative energy or for energy efficiency or some um, experts that might be able to help them with their water conservation. So we really try to bring a lot of um, education tools and resources to this continuous improvement effort. And it wasn't until 2007 where we were starting to hear a lot from, especially wineries, because they're, you know, of course, frontline for the consumers and trade, that there was interest in having that third party verification to really bolster the credibility of our program, which I would argue was already driving improvement. And so we started this three-year development process of creating certified California sustainable wine growing. And it was first only available for vineyards and wineries. They weren't allowed to put any claims on wine labels. And so we had that program out for quite some time. And then we were hearing more and more from trade, especially that they wanted to see some sort of um, symbol or a way to note, note, denote that a wine is produced in a sustainable way on the wine label. And so we undertook another 18 month process to create the wine requirements and to really update our program so that it would meet both marketplace expectations, but also be something that the industry could ensure that they were able to thrive under. So it was really striking that balance. And it's been tremendously successful. Um, as you noted, we've only had our vineyard and winery certification since 2010, and then our wine certification since 2017. And now we have 80% of California wine being made in a certified sustainable winery and more than a third of the state's acreage is certified to our program. Another 22% are certified to some of the other California programs. So it really has been a tremendous success. And yet we still always are emphasizing that education and that the on the ground implementation is what's important. This is really a way to credibly communicate about what they're doing in their vineyards and wineries. Right. So as Kyle said earlier, I think most people would be on board with the concept of, you know, sustainable farming. But if I think if there's any resistance at all, it would be that it costs more 
to farm that way. And that results in a higher priced product for the end user. Um, is that the case? Does it cost more? Unfortunately, I don't think it's so cut and dry. There are so many variables that go into it, size, where you're located, other regulatory issues. So the costs are hard to quantify, um, but we have looked at that from specific practices and trying to develop some cost benefit tools. And when you look at something like certification, there's clearly a cost associated with it, but we also see that there is market interest. And so sometimes it's not about that it costs more or that you're charging more. It's that it's a point of differentiation. It can get you market access that you may not have had otherwise. And then you can look at some very specific examples like energy efficiency and water use efficiency where there are actual savings that, that can be had. And so I know there are a number of wineries that will look at those savings they were able to achieve through a sustainable approach and then put those investments into something else that maybe would cost a little bit more. And I think it's sort of changing that, um, you know, that decision-making timeline to something a little bit longer term where you start seeing that there truly can be savings. Um, I personally haven't seen that there's been a price increase in the final product because of it. It's more that it's weighing those costs and benefits, looking at horizons, trying to figure out the trade-offs. Um, so it's far more complicated than saying it costs more or less. <laughs> Mm -hmm. you, you said the phrase market interest, and this is kind of the thing that I always think about whenever I write about sustainable alcohol products is what's the consumer demo for this, or perhaps asking it a different way, how much does the consumer know and understand and feel very passionate about sustainably made products here in the alcohol industry? So of course, I always think about the many decisions that are variables that go into decision-making for consumers and sustainability is just one of many, many factors, of course. So I will start there, but we have done some trading consumer research and on the consumer side, I would say that we've found that organic is still more universally understood in part because it's been around since the seventies. There is a national organic program so that it's common across various products, et cetera. But we do find that sustainably produced wine has the highest future consideration. And 71% of the US wine drinkers that were surveyed back in, it was, this was a 2020 survey, said that they would consider buying sustainably produced wine in the future. We definitely see this skewed towards, especially the younger generation. So millennials um, and Gen Z in particular, in fact, they express a willingness to pay more for sustainably produced products. And then I would say that they're, the younger generations are also more engaged with sustainability. They think it's really important for the future. They're considering things like climate change and climate mm -hmm. action. So in general, I think that is what our takeaway is, is that not only do we see this as a growing, um, growing interest already, but it's only going to increase as those generations get more purchasing power. And speaking of those generations, another trend that drives some of their purchases, do you, do you think that the sustainable and organic movements fit into the healthier for you drinking movement? And, and listeners, I'm, I'm doing air quotes. You can't see me doing it. I'm not trying to suggest that drinking is healthy, of course, um, but definitely please continue to do it. Um, but uh, yeah, do you, do you see uh, organic and sustainable as part, as part of that trend or is it not as much involved in that trend? You know, I think to some extent, that sort of that wine can be part of a healthy lifestyle. Understanding how it's produced can have impacts on quality of life and environmental and 
um, and social capital. So those those kinds of things, I think people generally can understand the interconnections. Um, we do see there's there's this thing called lifestyle of health and sustainability, LOHAS, and we did some work many years ago um, with a group that that focuses on that, the Nat Natural Marketing Institute. And there is an interesting overlap between LOHAS and wine consumers. Not surprisingly, they're just our group that tends to be aware of, of the impact of their decisions. Um, so that is kind of an interesting piece, but within the LOHAS, there are different segmentations and some are more interested in planetary health and personal health and others are more interested in personal health. And I would say what we've learned, we learned from that study was that sustainability really um, appeals to those who look at the broader picture that are considering planetary health as well. And that organic really speaks to people that are looking only at personal health or that that's their main driver for the purchases they make. So in terms of educating and informing the industry about um, what sustainability means in wine, who would you say is the most um, passionate about it? You know, the, the sommeliers, the retailers, the media, uh, people that work in the tasting room, you know. You can say media, <laughs> we'll take the compliment. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> You know, it's such a great question. Um, and I think I have never seen anything where all of those groups are in the same survey to really tease that out more. But I will say that the, the real drivers when we first developed certification were the gatekeepers. So that trade, you know, the basically the restaurateurs, the retailers, the distributors, the SOMs, um, those types that are part of the Wine Opinions trade panel we found um, that there was a real interest. And in fact, looking now more on the trade side, 86% um, said that they, they were thinking about sustainability as one of their decision-making criteria. So it's really interesting to me that, um, and actually it's actually about 82% say that they, that it is a factor either occasionally or frequently um, when they're choosing wine. And when we dug into why, a lot of it was their own personal beliefs and principles and values. And we see that same thing in sort of the broader world of sustainability, that younger generations in particular um, really want to work for employers that they share values with. So it makes sense that, you know, wineries that are embracing sustainability are also seeing, you know, that their employees are super passionate and interested and proud of working for a company that shares their values. And I think similarly, we're finding that trade, um, who in the in a way really serves as that gatekeeper and making those decisions, they are personally interested. They also are saying that they see this as something that consumers are increasingly interested in. So it's hard to know where to position them in terms of their level of interest, but we're really seeing it from all levels at this point. And how, how are you educating those consumers? I mean, like you said, there's a certain um, set of consumers who are already thinking this way. How are you reaching the people who are not as aware of the importance of this topic, or maybe they're aware of it, but they want to learn more, you know, at the, both at the retail and at the on-premise levels, of course, what's the best way of letting consumers know the advantages of these products? Well, I would say that the wineries really, again, are that front line. So 
in their tasting rooms. Again, they're talking about it increasingly. They're showing some of the sustainable practices on their vineyard and winery tours. They're really incorporating it into their storytelling. And that includes meeting with trade or doing um, wine taster, wine maker dinners with consumers. So they're really out there telling their story and how they've embraced sustainability. That's I think really critical. But we're also now for the first time, the California Sustainable Wine Growing Alliance has really put a concerted effort into educating trade and consumers. Um, one of the things that we just did recently was we created a new website and it's CaliforniaSustainableWine.com. So there's a way that you can actually find certified wineries, vineyards, wines. You can find them if you're going to visit and, and there's a map that shows which wineries welcome guests. And then there's also a learn section so people can learn more about it. We also created um, an ambassadors course, the California Sustainable Wine Growing Ambassador class, free one hour online course um, that you can generate a certificate at the end. So it's kind of a fun way to get more people involved. Our efforts early on were very much focused on vintners, wine grape growers, our partners, um, trade. So it, it's now that we're really trying to branch out and make sure that this is a little bit more easy to understand. Another really great site is discovercaliforniawines.com. And that's um, really our trade and consumer facing website for Wine Institute. So another hat that I wear is working with Wine Institute, one of the partners in the Alliance. And we're doing more and more and really trying to help simplify the message. But now that we have all the substance behind it, the credibility of certification um, and some of other things in place, I think you'll see more and more that we're able to get those tools out there. And of course that logo on wine labels is a really direct way that wineries can communicate to consumers. They might not be interacting with in person. Great. Um, well, one last question. I know California obviously produces the bulk of the wine in the U.S., but, you know, every, with every state making wine now and some of them, you know, starting to get up there in significant quantities, do you think your certification is something that could be adapted for uh, other states? That's such a great question. And yes, you're right. California makes 85%, 80 to 85% of all of U.S. wine. So um, it's a big segment in, in the U.S. wine world. But we've also found that there are lots of wine regions that are really interested in sustainability. And just over the last few years, we were partnering with Washington, Oregon, and New York um, to really promote sustainability as the U.S. wine industry. We have a website, sustainablewinegrowing.us, that talks about all of the programs that are happening. Um, it's exciting to see some states like New York and Washington that have had educational programs in place, or maybe like in the case of New York, they've had a smaller certification for the Long Island wine growers. Um, mm -hmm. They're both developing statewide programs. And what we have seen is that being an early adopter of certification, that a lot of um, folks use our, our approach as a model. Um, and so we're, we're seeing that really um, in other wine regions around the world, and of course in the US, and we're really excited to be working together because there's a lot of ways that we can share lessons learned, um, all of our experience over the past 20 years um, and, and really help these programs thrive. So we're excited about that partnership and plan to continue to work together in various ways. I did want to sneak in and ask one more question if that's all right with you. 
Um, do you think the extreme weather events from the past few years, I'm talking about the wildfires, the droughts, the floods, et cetera, all those unfortunate um, weather, uh, extreme weather, do you think those have helped to make the case for sustainable practices? That's a great question. Um, it's interesting that in California, this has been something that has really been in place for decades now. And so I think maybe there's more attention on it um, just on climate action, the need for climate action is probably more specifically, but there's such a good intersection between sustainable wine growing and climate action, everything from everything that you're doing in the soil, your energy and water use efficiency, all of those um, measuring that I talked about, almost all of them are related. In fact, all of them are related to climate change. So your greenhouse gas emissions, of course, but your energy, water use and applied nitrogen. So there's lots of ways that um, we can focus on mitigation of climate change within our program, but also adaptation. So another thing with sustainability is I think it really is an adaptive management approach. So you're always looking at that big picture, kind of stepping back, seeing how things interrelate, how you can make changes and continuously improve. And so in the vineyard side, it might be how you could shade or prune differently or um, really thinking about your water management even more so than we already do as as wine growers in California. So I think there's a lot of things on both mitigation and adaptation that relate closely to sustainability. Thank you. And I did think that was a great question, but credit where credit is due that Melissa wrote that question. I just happened to read it. <laughs> it I did the heavy lifting question. vocally though. <laughs> he just always has to get the last question in, that's all. <laughs> it's a great question. I want to listen. I'll, I completely agree. Good question. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for today. Um, I want to thank you, Allison, for joining us. And thanks to everyone out there for listening to On and Off today. And join us next time. We'll be talking about yet another fascinating topic that spans the retail and restaurant worlds. Before I go, I just want to repeat some of the websites that Allison mentioned. That was sustainablewinegrowing.us, californiasustainablewine.com. And oh my goodness, the other one is somewhere here in my notes. What's the one I'm, I'm missing, Allison? discovercaliforniawines.com. Thank you. And thank you again to Allison for joining us. And thank you to everybody who listened. Uh, until the next time, cheers. <laughs> cheers. cheers. <laughs>